Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Back into a conversation we had uh, in the 10 o'clock hour. And feel free to jump in 576-7798-576-7798. When is rape... I'm sorry, rape. Excuse me. When is felony charges against a hazing incident confused for criminal activity or is it hazing this is one of those lines jamie we talk about that shouldn't be tough to determine (laughs) but for some reason we keep talking about this to me this is not this particular case there is no gray area here to me uh and as we give you the details of the case i think this case we're talking about at wheaton college started off criminal you know there there wasn't Mm -hmm. uh, there wasn't a point at which this went from initiation for a freshman into something criminal. This almost started criminal. But it does have us asking uh, at 22980 or 5767798. We have two questions that we've been debating here today. One is where does that where does the culture come from where a group of guys and I'm just saying guys cuz in this case that's what it was. It's um, usually guys. It's usually guys in college or high school. Where do they get the idea that hazing is okay? Where do they and, and Quite frankly, we may answer that once you find out what has happened to these five boys so far. Uh, where do they get the idea that it's okay? And what's the line? I think this story definitely is on a far side of the line between initiation and crime. But what's the gray area there? When do you what's what's acceptable for just what guys do to each other when you're pledging a fraternity or when you're you know when you're new on a team or something? Here is what happened at Wheaton College. Uh, The story started in 2016. Uh, This was back, actually, in March of 2016. But we've got five college football players that are now facing felony charges in connection to this incident. So we have a freshman student who, back in March of last year, told investigators he was watching the NCAA basketball tournament in a dorm room when several football teammates enter the room and they tackled him. Kid's a freshman. He kicked his legs. He yelled at them to stop. He was punched and had his bare legs and wrists wrapped in duct tape. He said then the players put a pillowcase over his head and carried him out of the room. Uh, Although there was a root beer kegger taking place in the dorm that night, no students or college employees intervened as he was carried out of the building. He told investigators he was placed into the backseat of a teammate's vehicle and held down by at least two players while the others piled into the vehicle. After the vehicle started moving, he said the players played Middle Eastern music and made offensive comments about Muslims. At one point, the players suggested to the victim that he had been kidnapped by Muslims who wanted to fornicate with goats. They patted his foot and suggested he would be their goat for the evening. Uh, If it wasn't dark already, this is where he says investigators, I told investigators his teammates restrained him with more duct tape during the drive, pulled down his shorts and repeatedly tried to sodomize him. He yelled at them to stop. He was then beaten. He was dropped off in a baseball park uh, and was not rescued until another student had shown up and also was dropped off there. So again, this happens last March after 
the administration of the college hears about it. They do an internal investigation. We don't know the results of it. They're citing federal privacy rules. We do know as a result of that investigation, the five, uh, or it might have been more than five, but we know that five have now been charged uh, with felonies. But we know the five were given community service, like 50 hours of community service. And my favorite part of the story, were told to write an eight-page reaction paper about what they had done. Oh, that'll get it. The best part of this is that they were able to continue playing. They were allowed to keep playing. Now, they had not been criminally charged, but somebody found guilt somewhere because they were told to do community service. And I think the community service comes from the fact that they have to, every year, sign an anti-hazing uh, policy every okay. single year. So I think if you break that, you get... So that was... That, to me, is the justification. The but the coach let them continue to play because they had not been found guilty of anything yet. And probably... Because they were valuable members of the team. Oh, yeah. And they're a really good team. Like, Wheaton's a good lower-level yeah. school. And as long as you're good, and we know this from the NFL, as long as you are good mm -hmm. on the field, they excuse quite a bit. Well, now we've got five players who have been charged with aggravated battery, mob action, and unlawful restraint a year later. Um, by the way, the victim uh, left the school, obviously, and, and went to school in Indiana as a result. So back to my original question. This is obviously on the far side of of hazing. I mean, this because they're at th I can't believe it's only three criminal charges. This victim needed surgery, multiple surgeries. He had a torn shoulder. He he had been beaten, sodomized, attempted. So a lot of varying injuries. So this crossed way, way, way into the dark side. But what's the line? What? Um, and I ask in part for college students or high school students who might grow up in a culture of hazing. For them, what do you tell them is acceptable and what's not? I don't get what this accomplishes uh, in terms of the overall goal of the team being unified. And 576-7798, because I know a lot of you played college football. Maybe you played football at, the, at high school or you played football at college or maybe even if it wasn't football, if it was another sport or even in the military or whatever. I mean, there's been hazing going on since the dawn of man. I don't get what this does. If the goal is for the 53 kids on the team or the 85 kids on the team or whatever to be unified, to be a team. Do you really think that being unified is what's in their heads at that point? Or do you think they are being bullies and monsters and picking on somebody that they can control? I think it's both. I think that if they believe that they can control these freshmen and get them in line because it happened, it probably happened to these sure five kids. To, something some, happened to them. Which doesn't make it right. It just, it, it definitely happened to these kids probably in the past that you're one of us, you're like us, and we can all go forward. Can you imagine the locker room environment or the environment on this team between last March and now when these kids are finally charged mm -hmm. where you've got new freshmen on this team who are aware of the rumors and they're aware of these five guys that did this to this freshman last year. How the hell are you accomplishing team unity at that point? When you're still letting them play. 576-7798. Joe first up in KCK on 98.1 KMBZ. Hey, Joe. Hi. Um, <clears throat> got a little bit of insight to your subject out hand here. They, I had a son who played four years of college ball. I won't say where, but um, and when he was done with his four years, he also was a, uh, a line coach for a uh, college team here in Kansas, in Kansas. And it boils down a lot of it to uh, money, just downright money with the boosters getting involved and People don't realize, even at the college level, even on uh, lower divisions, NAIA, uh, you know, Division One, Division Two, you're talking about millions 
upon millions of dollars to come into these schools, and uh, they try to do the best they can to overlook the things that that's uh, going to bring them bad publicity. So it would not surprise me if uh, these uh, boys end up, you know, not a whole lot comes out of this. Did you, as, but, hey Joe, did you ever coach? Uh, I, I coached little league when I was a with little when I was um, younger. My son was a, was a a little boy. Yes. Okay. I mean, that's a lot younger. Obviously, did your son, when he was playing or as, as a coach for a, a school around here, ever witness anything close to this kind of hazing? No, not at all. Um, I've even had conversations with him before. I mean, there's a lot of teasing among the guys, and you know, some you know, some uh, you know, uh, locker room hygiene and stuff like that, but. I've never heard any stories like right, this. like like I mean, like duct tape them to the goalposts and you know cover them in shaving cream. Like that's yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. one thing. But to, to to grab the kids from a party, put a pillow over their head, beat them, and sodomize them in the back of a car and dump them on a baseball field—that to me is going a little bit far. Right, and as we talked about earlier, um, okay, getting in the room, fine. You carry him out of his bed, maybe All you strip right. his shirt off, and you leave him outside the dorm. Okay, he's in his underwear and locked out of his dorm. The, okay, the point at which you put a pillowcase over his head and duct tape his hands and legs together, then we're getting into some trouble. 576-7798. Brenda, Tim, you're right there. You can get in line behind both of them. Thank you for your phone call, Joe. More on this. Was this the line? And what should happen to these kids? Your call's next. You're out on Midday with Jamie and Wicked on 98.1 KMBZ. 98.1 KMBZ, Midday with Jamie and Wicked. We're talking about this story right here as ABC's Ryan Burrow Brings us to us uh, brings it to us from Wheaton College. According to a report by the Chicago Tribune, the Wheaton College football players are accused of tracking a freshman teammate from his dorm in 2016, duct taping his hands and feet, putting him in a vehicle, attempting to sodomize him, then leaving him beaten and half naked in a field off campus with two torn shoulders. Arrest warrants were issued for the five. One of the accused, Noah Spielman, the son of former NFL player, now Fox Sports broadcaster Chris Spielman. A Wheaton College spokesman releasing a statement saying they learned of the alleged abuse in 2016 and immediately began a thorough investigation. Ryan Burrow, ABC News, Chicago. 576-7798, where is that line and where have you ever done hazing or been hazed? Let's go right to the phones and talk to Brenda in Leavenworth. You're on 98.1 KMBZ. Brenda, what do you make of this story? Well, I, I believe it was it's a felony when they first took him without his permission. They kidnapped him and raped him. I believe that they should get life in prison, each and every one of them, and everybody at that college that covered this up, and that's what they did, just slapped them on the hands and covered them up, they should help be held responsible. So, Brenda, what do you think is the line when, when, when we're talking about the difference between an initiation and a, hey, pick on the new guy so you know that you're part of the team now, and when it goes too far? when Because I think kids sometimes... This is obviously too far, but sometimes kids don't know. I think maybe as a young child, they don't know. At this age, they know. They're accountable for it. When you're, when you're 12, 13, 14 years old, you know, that you know right from wrong. You're right, yeah. but I just wonder if they yeah. had been the victim of hazing, you're getting some mixed messages about right and wrong. Hey, Brenda, thank you for your phone call. I don't know if I agree with life in prison. I want to get Seems to the next like call, but they didn't kill anyone. Now, in theory, they really, really abused this man for the rest of his life mentally. But let me tell you, we talk about rape victims, and a lot Mm -hmm. of people talked about that last week, saying they should be punished forever. I mean, at least a year in jail for these guys, in my mind. Uh, Kick them out of school. Start with that. Off the football team, out of school. Let's not let them play. Tim in Kansas City, you're on KMBZ. Tim, uh, is there a line? Where would you put the line here? Well, I think it uh, has to do with the physical intrusion 
that's one part of it. The I think another part of it is that the, everything starts from the top, whether it's the athletic department or the coach, the athletic director. Uh, the worst that I ever remember, and I participated in college sports, was as a newbie, you carried the coach's suitcases whenever you traveled. That meant getting them out of the bus, getting them at the airport. You always carried their bags. You were never tortured, though, like this poor soul. No, but I think there are other examples here that are out there, and we accept them. And that is, if you think about the military, there are certain groups, certain elite groups, that have a tremendously physical hazing process through which all of their new members go through. Um, and I think this is one of those things where if you don't, or if you don't tolerate it, you're not one of the group, or you're not tough enough, or you're not whatever. And now you can say with the military, the, the SEALs do a tremendous hazing as part of their training, because if they're ever caught, they are captured. Sure, it's, it's the whole torture part. thing, yeah. Right. Um, but the when you consider young men, part of it is I think there's an insecurity. I think the young guys want to say, hey, I'm an upperclassman now, or I'm a senior, or whatever the case may be, and we're going we're gonna to show these guys that they're just dirt, they're freshmen, you know. And there, there should be other upperclassmen who grab the bull by the horns, if you will, and just say, hey, we don't do that. Um, the kids, you know, the young guys got to earn their way onto the team, and that should be hard enough. I, I'm not saying that there there wasn't a little bit of kidding, and and um, you know, every, every once in a while somebody took a, you know, maybe a little verbal shot or maybe even a physical shot at somebody just to kind of let them know that they were the low new, man on the totem pole. Yeah, they're the new guy in town. Hey, Tim, thanks for the phone call, man. Appreciate it. Uh, five seven six. Seven seven nine eight. Adam in Kansas City. You're on ninety eight one KMBZ. Hi, thanks for taking my call. You got it. Um, so I was a member of a fairly high powered fraternity. Prefer not to say which one, okay. but uh, I was. I experienced a good amount of hazing in my pledge semester, and I, you know, dealt a good amount of hazing in my active semesters. And we drew the line at physical abuse. You never laid a hand on a pledge. You could shout at them all you want. You could make them do push-ups until their arms are wiggling, but you never you never laid your hand on a pledge because that's where you start to get into all of these legal issues like I feel like these guys kind of did. How old are you, and Adam? I'm 22. 22, so this is pretty fairly recent for you. Yeah. Okay. What was the worst thing you made a kid do? <sighs> or what was the worst thing you had to do when you were pledging your frat? You know, I... The, the one night before, you know, the final initiation, where, you know, to kind of go hardest on the pledges, we did a lot of PT, a lot of working out, a lot of, like, uh, wall squats and push-ups and planks and things like that, basically until you couldn't move anymore. Um, but nobody ever laid a hand on us. That was probably the worst thing we did. And we did a good amount of, like, emotional manipulation, too, but never anything physical. What emotional manipulation, though? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that could have long-lasting effects, Adam. I agree. I'm not saying anything like emotional abuse, but, you know, you, you try to drive wedges in between pledges to see how strong their pledge class actually is. Can I, you can... I was never in a frat. I lived on a college campus, and I had buddies that I lived with that were in 
uh, in fraternities. What's the point of the abuse, physically, emotionally, mentally? I, I just, I've, I've always wondered that. Well, I think there needs to be a line drawn between what you consider hazing and what you consider abuse. And I understand that's kind of the discussion that's being going on here. Mm-hmm. I would argue that what we did wasn't abuse, um, but it was more to you know toughen these kids up because they're they're going to a high powered school. We expect these kids to pursue professional degrees. And that's not going to be an easy time. So we need to make sure they have the mental fortitude that they're going to be able to get through this kind of stuff. Hmm. So you're doing extra work for the university in your mind to make sure that they know that they're representing, air quote, the best of when they join your frat. I wouldn't say we're doing it for the fraternity or for the university, but for sake of the reputation of the fraternity and for the sake of the futures of our future members. Yes. Hey, Adam, thanks so much, man. Appreciate it. Because, like I said, I was never, I mean, I went to a broadcast school, and we didn't have fraternities, but I lived in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where there were a lot of guys in my house Mm -hmm. that I lived in that were in frats, and they had to go through all that rush week stuff. Into the text line at 22980, and this point came up last time we talked about this, but we didn't mention it. Um, If a female had been grabbed and sodomized in the back of a vehicle, this wouldn't be a debate. This is not a debate. No. I mean, this these five guys have been charged with aggravated battery, mob action, and unlawful restraint. The fact that this is a guy is irrelevant for this. The conversation that we continue to have, though, is... What's the line between what is acceptable and what is not? Some things are obvious. I think we're talking about a lot of the obvious things. But what are the things that maybe are a little questionable that somebody who's 19 might not immediately realize that's going too far? 576-7798, Dakota in Grandview. You're on 98.1 KMBZ. Hey, uh, I actually, I didn't officially join a frat, but I tried to. And then whenever the hazing got a little much for me, I was like, I'm out, guys. But uh, I was in uh, Rolla in Missouri S&T, and uh, they, like, our first party, whenever I was a freshman, we, we had our first house party, and they duct-taped uh, Fit the Jack into each of my hands. The game's supposed to be called Edward Forty Hands. I play, I played, it, it, I've played it with beer, but never with a bottle of Jack Daniels in each hand. Yeah, no, they duct-taped Jack Daniels into both of my hands, and they're like, you can't pee until you finish them, which was impossible. Like, I, I blacked out, like, before I even finished my bottle. But it, it was stuff like that. Like, that, they had the whole thing where you had to, like, make a paddle. I never saw the paddles get used. But, you know, and then uh, they would have, like, it, it, was ne- it wasn't ever anything that I saw that was, you know, abusive. Dakota, what was the, uh, what was, you said that you were, until the hazing started and I'm out, what was the that, last straw that, for you? The uh, the Edward Forty hands, mm. and then the next morning they were like, "All right, get up and clean up this party." And I was like, "I was only here for an hour of the party before I was drunk, you know, sitting in the middle of the room." So yeah, you know, yeah. I, I was like, "This is what it's going to be like." I don't want to be part of this. I understand that. Plus, I mean, if you don't know the game Edward Forty hands, if you ever heard of it, they duct tape forties, mm-hmm. and you can't pee until you finish both forty ounce beers. That to me is one thing. Fifths of Jack Daniels right. is a, I mean, that's not just hazing, that's stupidity, that's alcohol poisoning, that's, you can die. But that's borderline. I mean, some people would say you drink too much and you're not allowed to empty, that could be <sighs> deadly too. So that's, we're getting into gray area a little bit there. Just, it, it's it's nuts to me. It It's it's just nuts. Uh, last word, Eddie at Overland Park, you're on KMBZ. Eddie, were you ever hazed? Yeah, yeah, I was, and and it was it was very uncomfortable, and 
it wasn't really physical abuse because I was a pretty good-sized guy in college, so I wasn't intimidated by a lot of that. But a lot of the verbal abuse and the degradation and, and all that, I, I disagree with the, with Tim in that it, it doesn't – I don't think it makes these guys stronger or, or better men. It doesn't help them get through college to get degrees. It's not helping the university. I, I just disagree with it, and I, I told myself when I became an active that I wasn't going to do anything like that and, and because it's just repeating a cycle that, that shouldn't be repeated. And making a kid drink, I think, is, is crazy. My son's in a fraternity at University of Indiana and has never had a drop to drink, and thankfully the boys in his fraternity, it's a smaller house, but they respect that and they don't give him any trouble about it, and, and that means that's very meaningful to me. I appreciate that. So I, I don't agree... To, to any type of hazing, and, and I think it's really in the past couple of months, if not year or so, really come to the forefront because we're losing these children, and, it, and it's it's horrible. I've got two in college and one in college, another one will be in college in two years, and I just I hate to think of of my son going through something that anguishing. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Gotcha. Eddie, thanks for the phone call. It's on our Facebook page. You can check it out. Straight ahead, uh, we are going to uh, get back to another conversation we had. We want to find out from you. Hypothetically, 16-year-old son or daughter, would you let him have a piercing? Would you let him have a tattoo? Both? Neither? And why? And think major piercing. Right. Not just the regular ears. Yeah. Belly button, eyebrow, whatever. Tattoo with mom on it. Five seven six across the chest. 798-576-7798. KMBZ, Midday with Jamie and Wicket. Jamie Monticelli, Mike Wickett, Dana and Parks coming up at 2 o'clock. We'll check in with Scott and Dana. I heard a cackle at one point through my headphone, through the soundproof wall on the other side of the newsroom. Yeah. So I did hear that. So I know Dana's here. Uh, yes, I have seen the head around uh, in the newsroom a little bit. So, um, sorry. So earlier today we were talking about the polls up on Twitter, if you want to check it out there. There was one of the first studies that's been done about the dangers of young people, adolescents, getting tattoos and getting uh, piercings that go beyond just getting your ears pierced, even a couple of times, like the big ones and the nose rings. The big gauge. Yeah, and the belly button and just whatever else you can think of. And kids getting tattoos under the age of 18. And the study said exactly what you think it did, which was that there are safety issues concerned with that. There are some dangers to kids that are not yet done developing making sometimes permanent changes to their bodies. But the study was done in part because more and more kids are interested and are getting tattoos and some of these bigger piercings before they turn 18. So we were talking off the air yesterday and on the air today a little bit more about as a parent, would you let your kid, and let's say 16, for example. All right. Like not 10 or 12. You're not getting your 11-year-old tatted up. Correct. You're not. If they come to you and say, Mom, I want a, you know, I want a tattoo of Justin Bieber on my shoulder. I don't think you're letting them do that at 10 or 10 or 11. But at 16... Um, where they're or 17, where they're close to being an adult anyway, when they're old enough to do it with or without your permission, do you give your blessing to that if they come to you and ask? 22980 or 5767798? I have to say no. To anything? <laughs> I have to say, I'm going to say no to everything. Okay. And I know that as a parent, if, if, if Lee and I are fortunate enough to have children, and let's say it's a girl, and it's 16, Daddy, I want a tattoo of 
maybe she like this. She wants to study abroad in England one day. My wife loves loves England. She lived there for a while, and she wants to get a you know uh, what is the, the the symbol? Not the flag, but the uh, I can't think of whatever it's called. I'll yeah. figure it out. I'm going to say no right now here in 2017 because I don't think at 16 you know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, I certainly did. I wouldn't. I don't have a tattoo. I don't like them on me. I think they're great on other people, but I wouldn't want one. I don't think you're smart enough to make that decision if when you're 16 years old. But you are smart enough two years later? You can make whatever decision you want when you're 18. But what if at 16 she says, Dad, if you don't let me do it, I'm going to go do it anyway? Because some kids will. Some kids would, and at least if you are giving your blessing and not just denying them that, then mm-hmm. you can help find the place. You can find the tattoo artist. You can research, check the license, make sure that this is a kid, that, you know, someone that's going to do an okay job. I would be very disappointed in my children. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Disappointed. Not, not mad, but disappointed uh-huh. if they disobeyed an order like that. Ooh. I would be very disappointed. Look, I'm, 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 I'm very much certain that I do not want a, my daughter or my son having an eyebrow ring or my son or my daughter having a tattoo um, at the age of 16. It's just, if, look, if you want to do it when you're 18, that's fine. I think there are some tattoos that if boys see them, that they would be like, let's say girl men gets. think tattoos the, are hot on women. I love them. A lot of Lee, men do. Leah's got three. All right. If you happen to see a young lady with that stamp in the back, the old yes. tramp stamp, that can sometimes in some guy's mind be a signal. If a girl has a tongue ring, that can in some guy's minds be a signal. Um, I don't want that. I don't want that as my for my daughter at the age of 16 or 17. She can make whatever decisions when she's a legal adult, but under my watch, no. A lot of listeners on the text line are backing you up, by the way, at 22980. As always, my man favorite, of the people. Thank God I didn't get a tattoo when I was 16. I would have had a tattoo of Goofy, the Disney cartoon character. <laughs> thank you. There um, it is. That's fantastic. Here's where I stand on this, and then we'll get to your calls uh, real fast. For me, it depends on what it is. If my 16-year-old daughter, let's say had done a lot of, um, like, was really good at an instrument, let's say the violin. And and I don't mean, like, just picked it up as a hobby, but picked it up at the age of nine and was really dedicated to it and was first chair, whatever they call that, and had, was really successful and competed and won a lot of awards and was really dedicated to it. She came to me and she said, Mom, I want a tattoo the size of a quarter of a violin on my ankle. I might be okay with that because it's a part of her history. It was an accomplishment. It wasn't just a passing phase. And it's the size of a quarter and it's going on her ankle. And it's not goofy. Right. It's not. <laughs> it, it's something that is a serious part of her life and a positive part of her life. I'd listen to that conversation. <laughs> and still say no. I'm not letting her get one on her shoulder. Mm-hmm. She's not getting the tramp stamp. She's not getting one just above where the belt line is. Not. No, no, no. They're not getting an eyebrow no ring. No eyebrow. No, no. No violin on her ankle? I'd have to talk to her mother about that. Oh, sure. You're deferring. But I, if it's uh-huh. up to me, no. But I'm not going to win anyway. <laughs> Let's talk to James in Harrisonville. Hey, James, you're on 98.1 KMBZ. Where do you come down on uh, tattoos and piercings for your, let's say, 16-year-old son or daughter? Well, I've got a 17-year-old daughter. Um, you know, I've got piercings myself, uh, tattoos myself. Uh, when I was younger and, and you know, 16, 17 years old, uh, actually I had my tongue pierced three different times. 
Um, I got a 17 year old daughter at the point right now. Uh, she's been asking me about tattoos and piercings for the past couple of years. Uh, you know, I think that, you know, we've, she definitely has a, uh, a nose piercing. Um, she asked for a belly button piercing. I said, absolutely not. That's uh, another one right there. That's inviting a lot of attention towards that area of the body. Right, right. Yeah. And then, you know, I think that, uh, as long as, you know, the children, you know, if you want to call them children, young adults, uh, teenagers, as long as I believe that they're they're well educated, you know, and you have a parent that's willing to educate them on, you know, definitely, you know, health safety and, and health concerns, uh, as well as you know, being socially acceptable, you know, I think that you know, once you cross that line and, and they're educated enough, I think that's when you can go ahead and kind of give a little bit of leeway. Uh, but I know I, I completely agree with you. I don't I don't believe in the the belly button piercings. I don't believe in the in the tramp stamps. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't believe in in uh, you know desecrating your body, so to speak. Uh, as far as you know, decorating your body is is a completely different story. Especially at sixteen, or and your daughter is seventeen. We appreciate the phone call, James. Uh, yeah, when you're eighteen, legally, you're allowed to go fight for this country. You can put ink in your in your skin. You can pierce your navel, whatever you want. But it's seven up until seventeen years and three hundred and sixty four days, and it's my way or the highway. I say that now. <laughs> More your calls. Greg, Jenny, Josh, you're on deck. 576-7798. Midday with Jamie and Wicket. Uh, we also have a poll question as well on Twitter. Let us know on Twitter and vote at KMBZ Radio here on 98.1 KMBZ. 98.1 KMBZ. Midday with Jamie and Wicket. Uh, we are continuing on our conversation with you as we will uh, we'll check in with Dana and Parks coming up about uh, tattoos and piercings for your kids. Hypothetically, 16-year-old son or daughter wants a tattoo or a piercing. What are you saying? 65% of you on uh, Twitter are saying neither. 25% have no problem with the piercing, and we're not talking about just the regular ears. We're mm. talking about something else. And I have a what if for you that's come in a couple of times. Mr. No way, no how is my kid getting anything? That's my answer. Never going to happen, yeah. What if um, your daughter's best friend had been killed in a car accident, and she wanted to get that best friend's name tattooed? Uh. Not massive, but maybe on the back of her shoulder or on her wrist. Now, they were only best friends for a couple of years, but it was very traumatic oh, for her, man. and she wants to honor that best friend. All Can't right. defer to mom. you got to make a decision. I, all right, I'll have the conversation. That's all right, me. we'll have the conversation. It's all okay. I can... I'll listen. Okay. As opposed to her wanting goofy. What would you need <laughs> to hear for you to be convinced to let her do it? Um, as you listen a maturity okay i would need to hear a maturity an adult that aspect it of it yeah that recognizes it's going to be there forever yeah there, i mean skin and all i mean somebody when <laughs> joe don called up earlier and said she was trying to tell her grandkids you get a if you get a tattoo on your back when you get older mm-hmm. it winds up in your crack yeah <laughs> Yeah. Which is true. Uh, let's talk to Greg from the Johnny Dare Morning Show down the hall on the rock. Greg, we appreciate you calling in, my hey, friend. Buddy. What's up? Hi, long time listener, first time caller. Hey, Thanks we- for calling. <laughs> Call in the time, friend. Greg has offered to take me to get my first tattoo. Oh, That's really? Right. Uh-huh. Oh, cool. Very, very cool. So, yeah, I was basically calling, you know, you know me, I'm covered in tattoos. And my son and I have talked about it because he wants to get a tattoo someday. He's 14 now. And I've told him, you know, because it, firstly, it's you have to be eighteen, like to get a tattoo in Missouri. I mean, it's just that's just the law. Mm-hmm. Oh, so even if you're, so, if your parents are with you, you still if your, par- if your parents are with you, it's it's a different story. But a lot of shops will, a lot of reputable shops will not 
still not do it. Okay. So, but, um, so yeah, we've talked about it, you know, and, and, and I've also talked to him about the whole piercing thing. You know, I would rather he not get big gauges in his ears and, and, you know, be able to hang his laundry off his earlobe. But, you know, when he turns 18, he's, you know, free to do whatever he pleases. Is he responsive to that? Does he understand the, the long-term effects of what ink can do? Absolutely, because he sees me every day, you know. And, and, look, and, and look what he can become. Yeah, li- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Greg's doing okay. I, I at least waited until I, I was in my 40s to get tattoos on the back of my hands, which are we call the everlasting job stoppers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, I mean, that, that's, you know, I pretty much signed off the social contract at that point. So. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to be hitched to dare for the rest of my life. Yep. <laughs> well, thanks for the call, Greg. Thanks, Greg, dude. Thanks Good for listening, man. Bye. See ya. There you go. Nice. Greg from the Dare Morning Show check, uh, checking in. Uh, let's go to Jenny in Excelsior Springs on 98.1 KMBZ. What's up, Jenny? Hey, guys. Love this show. Thank, Thank you. you. I was calling in. So I'm 24 years old, and my dad had a rule. Like, my mom's all for it. She's like, you can go get a tattoo. I'll go get one with you, but she doesn't have one. Um, the rule was, as long as I'm paying for your life, you don't get one. That means whether he helps college, whether he helps me with a car, a phone, the rule is you're not getting tattoos. Um, I could pierce my ears as many times as I want. I've got about seven ear piercings, um, and I gauge my ears. Um, but when I was 21, I was at a concert here in Kansas City. Um, it was a traveling concert. My favorite lead singer was in town. So was this tattoo artist who was traveling with him. I saw him just wandering around. I said, hey, oh my gosh, I love you. Um, I want you to be my first tattoo artist. And when we were just standing there talking, he said, do you want to just come back to Andy's bus? I'll give you a tattoo. And I, I just stared at him and said, I can't. I respect my dad. And he said, no. Aww. And I just, I let it go. And I come home and I tell my dad, and I'm like, I respect you too much. And he said, oh, girl, I would have done it. <laughs> wow. so Jenny, that's it. when you run back out and you get that uh, done. Who was, I, who, I was the, uh, the mu- who was the music? Who was the musician? Um, the band is called Blackville Brides. They tour with Warp Tour nearly every other year, and he had brought his his tattoo artist and got a tattoo two days before. I would have been on his bus getting a tattoo of his band by his artist. And how old were and you? I, said no. I was 21 at the time. Oh, you should have done it, Jenny, at 21? I respect my dad too much. He said no. <sighs> hey, wow. you know what? I'm sure if he's listening right now, he appreciates mm-hmm. that. Thanks, Jenny, for the phone call. Appreciate it. Uh, final word on this goes to Gary and KC on 98.1 KMBZ. Gary, where do you come down on tattoos and piercings? Well, I just I got a story to tell you. I listen to you guys all, or, yeah, all the time. I really like your show. Thank you. But anyway, my boy was probably 15 or so. I was working nights. I came home, and he's plotting this eyebrow ring around. And I said, you have that out by Monday. Oh, I can't! I can't get it done. I can't have it done like that. It has to be professionally removed. You have it out by Monday. I told him, and uh, the weekend went by. And Monday comes up. I get home. He laying on the couch with that eyebrow ring in his eyebrow. I go out to the barn, get a pair of dykes, go in there. You know, he's sleeping. I grab the thing by the pliers i go snip i twisted out of his eyebrow i said there you are this one removed <laughs> what was his reaction <laughs> he just 
kind of looked at me stunned, you know. Yeah. How can you do that? He's 15, though, Gary. I mean, that's... It's like pulling the teeth out with pliers. That's fantastic. How, now, how long ago was that? Oh, he's probably 36 now. Did he get it put back in when he turned 18? No. No, and he doesn't, have, he doesn't, he doesn't have it to this day. Let, no, let me finish the story. Oh. He, he's uh, very talented, and he started tattooing. And he's got both arms sleeved, and his legs are, I don't know what they call them. he got tats on his calves and all over. Hard telling where else he's got them. <laughs> okay. But he... Uh, he tattoos in Blue Springs of Butches. He goes by Shamrock. So nice. Well, right. at, at least you had you had the path. You kind of could have seen this one coming. <laughs> Thank you for the phone call, man. We appreciate it. Uh, I had my tongue pierced when I was on spring break in Panama City in 1999. What's that? Dana Wright is in here. Hold on, Travis. Are you Turner. lying? No. Why would you do that? Because <laughs> he was stupid. He was a kid. Because I think? always wanted to get my tongue pierced. That's disgusting. Well, in Panama, you don't, where, you know, I'm sure the it was in health Flo- codes are... It was in they just Florida. line him up and use one needle. Yeah. It was in Florida. <laughs> oh, I think Pan- it's in Panama. Panama City Beach, Florida. Okay. Um, Here's my question. It and probably wasn't the greatest f- facility no. anyway, but... I'm not hip about these matters, but isn't the tongue piercing more of a girl thing? Oh, it like, works for both. Okay. It works for both. Okay. But I didn't keep it in that long because I wanted to do this radio this thing. Is a massive infection? No, <laughs> no. I wanted to do this radio thing, and uh, talking kind of difficult. You would probably not be surprised to know that you do not. Uh, it's pretty tough to pronounce R, L, and S. Is it talk, talk, talk like this? Right, exactly, right. exactly. So when I was in the middle of a radio show on my high school station that summer, uh, I think I pulled it out like in the on okay, my last didn't, show. Like not to be disgusted, but yeah. I'm totally disgusted. Didn't didn't it hurt like a mama? They numb it. I mean, they have ice on it, and then they just grab your tongue, like with forceps, and oh, then shove the needle gross. up. No. And that they is sh- so gross. They shove the needle up, and then the, it's already the balls on the bottom one. They just screw it on top, and then yeah, I was seventeen. I'd use a fake ID to, How to long get it did done. It stay? Uh, six months. Okay, six months, something like that. Came home, didn't really say a word to my dad, which is I not mean, like me. And he wow. was when he saw it, he was not happy. Well, because what did you just walk around with your mouth shut? Yeah, for like two weeks? oh yeah, get <laughs> off the plane. I've been in Florida which, for a week, and I don't say a word. I mean, you've met him, so <laughs> oh, <laughs> this honey. isn't new. Yeah. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 